Hello guys, and welcome to my podcast on Let's Talk Attachments. So for those of you that are new to this space, my name is Jessica De Silva, and I'm a marriage and family therapist and relationship coach, helping adults and their unhealthy ways of experiencing love and really creating stronger, secure relationships. So if you're fascinated by attachment theory, like me, and the impact that it has on your relationships and on your life, then this is the perfect place for you to deepen that understanding and gain new perspectives on how to improve the quality of your life. This platform is a personal space of authentic sharings and stories from my life and the life of others. So please go into this with an open heart. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, you guys, and welcome to today's podcast on attachment styles and friendship. So when we think of attachment styles, we normally think of how it pertains to romantic relationships. But because attachment theory stems from relational connection and relational trauma, it also impacts our relationship to really anyone that we form a connection to. So I wanted to use this podcast episode to expand on this topic so that you can see how your attachment style uh, plays a huge role in all relationships in your life. And really the goal here is to give you just more clarity as to you know why you may be experiencing certain uh, feelings in your relationships and just give you some direction to move towards more security. So the last couple of weeks, um, I was in Mexico helping a friend with her wedding event and little did I know that I was going to gain such a huge lesson from this experience. So just to give you guys some context here, um, I recently moved to Colorado with my boyfriend. It's a very small town and a lot of my energy really has just been going towards building our house and building my coaching business and just doing tons of research and reading and writing and pretty much just being the biggest introvert in the entire world, which is honestly a place that feels very comfortable for me. I love being alone and and just being my introverted self. Um, so I had a lot of anxiety kind of going into this trip. Um, you know, I was in a house with three other girls for about 12 days and it felt very much just out of my element, right? I was in a different country, uh, working in an industry that was very new for me um, and basically just cohabitating with more than one other person, okay? It's either, you know, I'm with my boyfriend or he's gone traveling for work and I'm alone, you guys. I spent a lot of time alone and I really don't mind it. I really don't mind it. Um, so I loved, I'm just going to say, <laughs> I loved having girl time uh, you know, and just doing something different, learning something different, being in a new country. I love that stuff so much and just connecting with other females. Um, but I noticed a lot of my insecurities coming up during this process and I realized it was from my attachment style. Because um, remember, it's through relationships. So any of these insecurities re, uh, we experience in relationships, whether it's romantic relationships, uh, friendships, family relationships, whatever relationship it is, we can kind of we can trace it to our attachment styles and our attachment insecurities. So 
Um, I mention this in almost every podcast episode because it's that important just to know that we all fall on a spectrum when it comes to our attachment style, meaning we all relate to more than just one or two or three of the attachment styles, okay? And if you've taken my attachment style quiz, um, you, you'll you see that there is there's percentages. It calculates percentages of each attachment style that you relate to. Um, and if you haven't taken that test, or if you've taken my old test, which didn't do that, um, just go to my website, jessicadesilvacoaching.com, and you can calculate what your attachment styles are. So for me personally, I have, I think it's like roughly 40 to 50% secure attachment. Um, I have uh, like 20, probably 25% fearful avoidant attachment, definitely some anxious, and the smallest percentage uh, was dismissive avoidant. So when I'm alone, for instance... I feel very secure when I'm with my boyfriend. I also feel pretty secure for the most part. Um, I also notice that when I'm one-on-one with someone, I feel pretty secure. However, when I have to divide my attention with others or others have to divide their attention with me, like on this trip, for instance, my anxious and fearful avoidant tendencies actually start to surface. Okay, now... This isn't necessarily a bad thing, you guys, because remember our triggers, they always guide us to aspects of ourselves that need healing, right? That need correcting. And knowing um, my attachment style, it helped me have more compassion for myself and for what I was experiencing. And it just gave me more clarity into just how I can best approach this situation, how I can best approach this uncomfortable situation that I was experiencing. Okay. So instead of feeling sorry for myself or feeling like a victim or allowing my thoughts to make me feel bad because I sometimes wasn't getting, getting the attention I wanted, um, I could hold those thoughts accountable and I can trace them to their you know, roots of abandonment because that's really where it stems from. Um, and I could choose to act from a more secure place. So one thing that I always teach my clients and I wanted to share here with you is you know, whenever you're in doubt, ask yourself, what would secure me do in this situation? Now, of course, this is obviously going to require you guys to get familiar with that version of you. You're going to have to do some uh, self-development there uh, to understand who that version of you is. Um, And this is actually something that I teach in my coaching practice. But by asking yourself this question and behaving from this different, more secure place, you begin to change as a result. Um, One of my favorite quotes ever, you guys, ever. This was like, I listened to this quote in the beginning of my transformation, like the beginning of my whole self-development process, and I'm going to use it forever because it's that amazing. Um, It's by Thomas Jefferson, and he says, you know, if you want something, he said, not he said, he said, if you want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. Done. And learning to become more secure 
is a matter of correcting your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors associated with your triggers, right? Associated with your insecure attachment. So just keep this in mind as we go through um, these certain behaviors associated with each of the attachment styles so you can kind of understand how to better navigate uh, these situations and uh, approach these situations from a different place, right? From a more secure attachment. So with the anxious preoccupied attachments, um, it's important to know that their relationship needs revolve around consistency, reliability, love and connection, validation, attention, openness, transparency. So these are like vital needs that they have in a relationship to feel safe and to feel secure. So one-on-one connections is most satisfying for the anxious attachment because they are more likely to get those needs met, right? However, when it's with a larger group of people, um, they can sometimes have a hard time because the attention is dispersed. Like, you know, my example, for instance, Okay, so then in order to get the attention or the validation they want, they go into people pleasing or neglecting their needs in order to make others happy or pretending to be someone they're not or morphing into the group's expectations um, or trying to find an ally within the group or someone that they can latch onto for safety. Um, They can go into like uh, competing for attention, right? So maybe they're really loud or really dramatic or really boastful. Um, They often feel left out or not good enough. They go into comparing themselves to others. Um, Just a whole array of feelings and emotions and behaviors revolving around beliefs that they are unwanted, they're unlovable, they're not good enough, you know, and they just have to make up for it in all of these different ways that ultimately don't feel good and disconnects them more from who they really are. So with anxious attachments, they make amazing friends, amazing friends, because they really do value that love and connection. And they really do value that friendship and that companionship. However, when they feel a threat to your friendship or feel as though you know your attention is going elsewhere or to other people that is where their attachment insecurity surface and they can get really territorial and jealous um, and controlling maybe uh, over you because deep down inside they fear that you will ultimately leave them uh, for other people right so remember with anxious attachments Their underlying fear with any relationship is, I will be abandoned, okay? So any threat to that connection will trigger these fearful beliefs and it'll just cause them to act in all these just irrational ways, which isn't really who they are. It's just a result of them feeling threatened. Um, Another thing to, to that that you want to keep in mind with the anxious attachments is When they have a romantic partner, so like say they get into a a new relationship, they find a partner, you will often notice that their attention tends to be really focused on that relationship. Um, And if it's a toxic or a codependent relationship, it's even worse because they often lose themselves in those relationships and will be more willing to sacrifice their needs 
um, or aspects of their life for that person. So just that, keep that in mind when they enter relationships, especially toxic relationships, uh, you'll notice that they will just, um, you won't get as much attention from them. Uh, they'll be way too immersed in that relationship. Okay. Um, and I'm sure you've probably experienced this yourself, um, or with a friend, you know, if you or they have an anxious attachment style. Now with the fearful avoidance, uh, they also have similar needs to the anxious attachment, such as needs for consistency, transparency, connection, reliability, but they also have needs for space and freedom and individuality. Remember, fearful avoidance. Another name for fearful avoidance, you guys, is disorganized attachment. I'm going to start using that name. <laughs> I need to start using the name disorganized attachment more often. Um, so soon enough in my podcast, you'll see that I'll start transitioning to disorganized attachment. Um, uh, but anyways, with disorganized attachment, the fearful avoidance, they have both anxious and avoidant tendencies. Okay. So I just wanted to point that out again. Um, and what I've noticed with fearful avoidance, they often have the hardest time with relationships and friendships because they are really, they're, they're conflicted with what they want and with how they feel. Okay. That's why, uh, the name disorganized attachment makes a lot of sense because it's just that constant confliction, confusion of who they are, what they want, how they feel. Okay. Um, they're also constantly feeling a tug between their anxious aspects, right? So wanting love and connection and their avoidant aspects, not wanting people to get too close to them. So you can imagine the inner turmoil they feel with wanting to develop friendships, however, not knowing if they can really trust those people. And I can attest to this so, so, so much because it is something that I am still actively and consciously working on and something that came up during this trip as well. And just in life in general, right? Moving to a new place, you have to meet new people. Um, or you don't have to meet new people, but it's important that you do. It's important that you meet new people. And um, that's really, really hard for fearful avoidance uh, especially if you have these aspects to yourself because we have a really hard time trusting people. It's much safer to be alone than to let people into our lives, okay? And I'll get into this a little bit more. Um, so with the fearful avoidance, you know, their relational trauma stems from not being able to fully trust people. They fear that they will be betrayed because that's what they experienced so often they, when they were younger. Um, so they had caregivers, one or both, uh, who were the source of comfort, but they were also the source of fear. And I talked about this in a previous episode, you know, with my mom, for instance, um, she was a super loving and supportive mom, but then sometimes, you know, she would have these emotional outbursts and would be really scary. And so I just never knew when to approach mom. Sometimes she was safe. Sometimes she wasn't. So I internalize that as, Hmm, I can't really trust people right? I don't really know what their motives are. I can't really trust people. Sometimes they're nice. Sometimes they're not. I'm going to be betrayed at some point. Okay. So we kind of generalize this onto anyone that we really form a close connection to. Okay. And if you develop this attachment later on in life, 
Um, you maybe, you know, had a partner that was loving and kind some of the time, but then emotionally or physically abusive other times. So it leaves you just really distrusting and weary of people. So fearful avoidance have a great capacity to love and connect and be good friends to others, you know, as they have, you know, a sensitivity that is really helpful in terms of bonding and understanding people. However, they have a lot of blocks and boundaries in order to keep people at a distance and protect themselves. So they have the capacity to develop friendships, but they tend to not follow through with those friendships uh, or build upon those uh, relationships because of that underlying fear and distrust they have of people. So you'll find fearful avoidance with not a lot of friends and usually their friends are people they've known for a long time and already kind of feel that safety with, okay? Another thing with fearful avoidance is that they are very picky uh, and they're very, they're very quick to judge and categorize people into good or bad. So this is also something that I work on a lot with clients, also something that I am actively working on within myself, you guys, um, because it's a cognitive distortion. It's a defense mechanism we formed in order to protect ourselves from potential hurt or pain, right? So if someone does something wrong or says something wrong or doesn't agree with us or hurts our feelings in some way, it's so easy for us to just write them off because having them around is just too risky, right? It's potential danger and we don't want to get hurt. So it's much easier to kind of judge them um, as bad and keep them out of our lives. So again, it's that black and white thinking. But the more we heal and become secure within ourselves, um, we realize that life and humanity doesn't operate in black or white. We all exist in this gray area. And in this gray area lives flaws and imperfections and mistakes and differences and just messiness because that's what we are. We're not perfect. We're just, we're all of these things, all of these things, right? And I like to call that the gray area. Um, you know, and the more that you accept and have compassion, um, for yourself, the more we accept and have compassion for ourselves, the better we can navigate this gray area and just have more compassion for others um, and compassion for their imperfections, okay? So as you can see, there's, there's just so much more forgiveness and acceptance and compassion when we can operate from this gray space and I hope this makes sense. I'm actually going to dedicate probably a whole podcast episode to this gray space um, because it is that important for any insecure attachment style to really understand this um, because we're all, you know, the insecure attachment styles tend to operate from this, this, this place of categorizing people into black and white when that's just, it is a cognitive distortion. Um, you know, we all exist in this, in this space in between that. Okay, and, and really that gray space is compassion, it's acceptance, it's love. Um, and when we can understand boundaries and set boundaries, it's so much easier for us to navigate that gray space. Okay, so I'm going to make a, a podcast episode on this to kind of help you make more sense. But hopefully that made a little bit of sense. Um, now on to dismissive avoidance. So dismissive avoidance tend to have less needs in a relationship or a friendship, and that's because they're pretty independent. 
and have ways to soothe on their own and they have ways to meet their own needs. Um, so you'll find that with these friends, you'll sometimes go through maybe long periods without talking to them or seeing them. Um, and then you guys reconnect and everything's cool, right? Or maybe you'll find that you have to reach out to them more in order to stay connected or to hang out. So it can appear like they don't care about you or that they're like selfish or self-centered, but it's just that staying connected consistently just isn't really a need of theirs. Okay, and they're really good at just being alone. Um, so it was interesting because on this trip, uh, you know, all the girls, they took my attachment style quiz and uh, it was cool because they all knew their attachment style. So it was really fun for me to just kind of observe our dynamic together. So the friends I was with are actually more on the dismissive avoidance spectrum, um, which makes sense why my anxious tendencies came out more because remember the anxious and avoidance, they tend to be very triggering to each other due to their differences in needs. Okay. And also the differences in their attunement. Um, so dismissive avoidance, they can actually make really good friends, especially if they're aware of their attachment styles. Um, you know, they appear to be really confident, poised, stable. They can give really good advice and be really good listeners and supporters. However, they may not be as in tune to your feelings and needs unless you express it to them directly, right? Whereas anxious uh, attachments, they tend to be more in tune to these things, uh, more empathetic to these things, more sensitive to these things, Um However, avoidance, they just aren't. They aren't as in tune to like the subtleties. They aren't as in tune to, you know, body language or if you're expressing something indirectly. So it's so, so important to express uh, to them directly what you need. So going back to my example again on my trip, I'm telling you guys, this was such a learning experience for me. And I was so excited to, I was like, I'm obviously going to have to share this on a podcast because why am I going through all of these things? I'm going to have to share it. Um, okay. So going back to the example again on my trip, um, you know, I was feeling a little left out at times. Anxious me was feeling a little left out at times. And I actually, I expressed my insecurities to my friend and I told her what my needs were. And because, you know, she's aware of her attachment style, um, she's aware of her avoidant tendencies, she was able to understand where I was coming from and she made more of an effort to include me in those situations. And I can't tell you guys how good it felt. So much better it felt to communicate what I was feeling and come to a solution than to just wallow in my sorrows and play victim to my thoughts, which is something I used to do so much as a kid, you guys, right? When I felt left out. And if you're familiar with inner child work, this is where inner child work is super beneficial because it's tending to that inner child, that inner me that was um that was hurt by those relational traumas by those relation relational injuries um so that's also something we'll get into in a different podcast it's also something that i teach in my coaching is tending to your inner child inner child work is so crucial to healing your attachment style okay now now, if I approached my friend, right, my avoidant friend with anger or criticism as an avoidant, she could have been way more dismissive. 
She could have gotten defensive. She could have been rude and ignored me the rest of the trip. Who knows, right? It could have gone completely different. Um, And that's why, you know, how we say things and when we say things is really important with avoidance because they also have deep insecurities when they're feeling controlled, rejected, or abandoned. And they can push you away when they're feeling threatened. And it's not nice. It is not nice sometimes, okay? So luckily, with this understanding of attachment styles, I approached it in a sensitive way using non-threatening language such as I feel this way, right? I took responsibility for how I was feeling first. Um, And she was able to understand where I was coming from. Okay, so you'll also find that avoidance takes space when they need to. Uh, They like to have time alone and do things alone and it doesn't mean anything about you. It's just a personal and relationship need they have. So it actually worked out really well because, um, you know, them being more dismissive avoidant and me being fearful avoidant, remember fearful avoidance have those avoidant aspects as well, Um, space was really necessary for all of us and we all you know we all had separate bedrooms so we kind of just all did our own thing when we needed to okay and lastly you guys we have secure attachment um so people that are mostly secure and remember i say mostly because all of us fall in a spectrum none of us are a hundred percent secure or a hundred percent anxious or a hundred percent dismissive or a hundred percent fearful avoidant disorganized we all fall in a spectrum and i'm going to keep repeating that so that you can really uh that can be ingrained in your mind um so secure attachments they feel pretty comfortable generally in relationships and friendships they trust people they have an easy time expressing themselves and sharing about themselves They're good at supporting others and meeting their needs. Uh, They generally have flexible boundaries. They know how to self-soothe when they're feeling uncomfortable. Um, And yeah, and again, I wanted to point out that they have flexible boundaries, meaning they're able to navigate that gray area we talked about, right? They don't have these rigid boundaries like avoidance, but they also don't have these super permeable boundaries like anxious types. Um, my boyfriend is actually a great example of this because he's mostly secure with some avoidant tendencies. Um, but he has, you know, he has so many different friends from all walks of life and he's just so comfortably him in these friendships. And I now know it's because he has a secure attachment style, meaning he has a good working model of himself and a good working model of others, meaning he has a positive Um, and trusting perception of himself and a positive and trusting perception of others, which allows him to easily connect and build friendships with others, right? It's really amazing you guys to witness this and, um, and really learn from him because I see it's not other people that are necessarily the problem in my life, right? It's not other people, but it's how I'm relating to them. It's how I'm perceiving them. It's how I'm perceiving myself in relationship to them. Does that make sense? And it's this awareness, you know, into our attachment traumas that can help us correct our views into something more positive and compassionate. 
And you guys, I'm sorry if you hear that sound in the background. Um, Miles is working on our kitchen counters right now. So I think he's standing and I'm just going to, again, hopefully that doesn't bother too much. We're almost done with this podcast podcast episode. Okay, here we go. So if you are struggling with an insecure attachment style, such as the anxious preoccupied, the fearful avoidant, other name for fearful avoidant is disorganized, the dismissive avoidant, please be aware of your triggers and your needs surrounding your attachment style so that you can separate yourself from those thoughts and those feelings and those behaviors that surface when you're in those uncomfortable situations, okay? And by understanding your triggers and your needs and where they stem from, you can have more compassion for yourself and consciously choose to act from a a more secure place, right? These these things that you're experiencing, they aren't just coming from nowhere. They are coming from somewhere. You remember your triggers, they will always guide you to aspects of yourself that need healing, that need attention, okay? And when you can understand where it's coming from and what it is, you can consciously choose to act from a different place. So remember that quote I told you, if you want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. Um, Again, Yes, if you want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. Meaning if you want to develop a more secure attachment style and experience uh, you know, healthier relationships and friendships, you have to start operating from the secure version of you, all right? And if you need more support um, in this, you guys, please don't hesitate to reach out and learn about one-on-one attachment coaching. Um, You know, I offer single sessions and long-term coaching packages depending on what you need. All right. So I hope this episode was helpful for you, Um, you know, that you were able to connect with it and relate to it. Please let me know your thoughts, you know, in the comment section. I love knowing that you guys, um, you know, resonate to these stories and these experiences. And it just means a lot to me to hear from you. So I will catch you on the next episode. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you gained some great insights from this episode. And if you enjoyed this, please rate my channel, leave a comment with any thoughts or questions you might have. And if you'd like to learn ways and how to work with me, you can visit my website at www.jessicadasilvacoaching.com. Have a wonderful day.